Well, it's a Monday, and it's back to podcast time here on Beyond Clean with Ace, where the cleaning industry talks. You know what? We talk all the time about cleaning. And no, we don't only talk about cleaning. It's why it's called Beyond Clean with Ace. And so, you know, hey, earlier this morning, I was talking with a bunch of people about indoor air quality. This afternoon, well, I'm not talking about indoor air quality as such. But you know, there's studies that come out all the time, and we all hear them, we all see them. But you know, it's very rarely that we actually get somebody on the air with us that actually was involved in the study and can talk to us about really what it all says. By, well, you know, the stuff behind what is written on the paper. And this afternoon, well, I've got that person with me. So if technology works right and everything, he should be here on the line. Let's see if it all works right. Brian, I like to see your face and your smile. Is there a voice that goes along with that? Good afternoon, Dave. Thanks for having me. Yes, sir, there is. Yes, sir. Oh, okay. And so uh, I'm in Florida. Where are you at today, Brian? So I'm actually talking to you two from, uh, from um, my home office, which is um, in, uh, in, in, in New Jersey. Jersey. Okay. Well, you're a little north. Hey, at least we're both in the same time zone this time. That's right. Yeah. I, uh, I, I'm the area vice president for uh, Everclean Infection Prevention. I, I'm uh, the acute care lead as well. And I run the, uh, I run the East Coast from, from uh, Maine to Florida handling all the health care. All right. So Although now I'm here today. I may not be here tomorrow. I, with such a huge territory and uh, for, for, for client support, I'm on, I'm uh, quite a bit quite a bit, spend a lot of time on planes. Aha. Uh -huh. So, so to, that's why I asked today, where are you? Because I had no idea, you know, you know uh, uh, as we're now being able to travel and go to these places, but you know, you spent the last uh, nearly two years in COVID in a hospital. Come on, man. Yeah. Yeah. It's been, uh, you know, look what we've seen um, unprecedented times. You know, I can't, I, I don't have to tell you, Dave, it's just been, it's been unbelievable um, to see the resolve of these folks, these frontline and uh, having, um, you know, being in there with them, you know, by no means, um, you know, what, what I was doing uh, was, you know, just monitoring and, and assisting where I can. But, you know, I don't have to say it. These frontline workers, these nurses, these doctors, all healthcare professionals, um, just what we've witnessed in the last going on three years now, which is incredible, too, um, has just been sure remarkable. So, yeah, we've been... Uh, We've had some challenging times uh, in, in, you know, as of late, but, uh, you know, hopefully we're starting to see the light at the end of the tunnel and we're looking forward to uh, looking forward to moving on from this as everybody yeah, else I, is. I think it's interesting as I was looking at the study that you provided uh, to me that, you know, I, 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 you know, at first I just was looking at the study and what it all said. And we'll get to that folks here in just a minute. But then I thought you're doing this during a very, uh, a, a very trying, very pressure packed time. That had to add a whole nother level to this. Dave, it was amazing. Um, and right, what better way to get an accurate depiction of what it is we do than in increased times like this? Yeah, it was this, uh, this, this, this NYU study spearheaded by Dr. Dr. Phillips um, was uh, spoken about for a while. Um, his clinical team up at NYU main campus um, been working on it for, for the last 16 months. So, um, yeah, it's been, it was very, very challenging. Um, but in the same breath, we really got to see it true and true, you know, so it's not just a, a small sample size, um, 
the results uh, the results were so unbelievable. But uh, yeah, we're we're um, unfortunate, but fortunate enough to have it through a time where it was needed the most. And uh, yeah, it was very 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 trying. So, folks, what, what we're talking about here is a, a study with NYU, and Brian's going to get into the nuts and bolts of this. But, you know, I've been um, doing this for a lot of years, and, you know, I've been in and out of hospitals, and we try this, we try that. But you had to probably really do some pre-work to actually get this all set up, uh, let alone the, the last 16 months. This had to be like a year in advance of, of getting this ready. Yeah, so... Uh they, you know, they're, they're the forward-thinking staff at over at NYU really, you know, really did the, you know, the, the pre-study work, um, you know, identifying what it is um, with similar claims that we have with our chemistry and really giving it an act, really giving it a, a to what they wanted to see as it relates to chemistry, what they wanted included in the study. Mm -hmm. So, uh, yeah, all that took quite some time prior to the study, the start date. And, Another thing too, so not only was the study done and what the study is, what the study was that was complete was they put our chemistry and ADCC uh, against multiple other chemistries. Um, and it was judged on how it performed as it relates to, you know, killing pathogens and, and really the reduction of HAIs within the buildings. Okay. So, so now wait, so hold it, hold it. Wait, wait, sure. wait a minute. Sure. You used an acronym there for the first time. I knew you was going to do that, Brian. <laughs> you know, we got we got people who listen to the podcast that might not know what an HAI is. So Understood. let's give them a little bit. Of, what is? I mean, not just what the acronym stands for, but really, what does this mean? So what what a H, hospital acquired infection is something that's um, you know once you're in, say you go for a, you know you're going for a for a, uh, a thoracic surgery or uh, even a knee replacement, something very simple. If you become infected inside the hospital. Um, that's considered a hospital-acquired infection. There's a number of different pathogens, number of different, you know, fungus and bacteria that could that you're susceptible to. Um, and if you're diagnosed with that and become infected, that is what we call a hospital-acquired infection. So it's something that is, you know, that is transmitted once in once in 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 the hospital. Now, and I understand this, folks, because two years ago I went through heart surgery, and that was one of my biggest concern. It wasn't the doctors and the heart surgery. It's what I could catch while I was in the hospital that had nothing to do with the heart surgery that I was there for. Yeah. So, you know, I was very curious about that. And I won't go into all of that, folks. Listen to one of my other podcasts. You can hear all about what I did. But yeah. this is extremely important whenever you're doing one of these tests, is it not? Yeah. So it's it's very, very important. Um, you know, look, the hospital is such an unbelievable, unique situation. You know, you're bringing... You're bringing um, the most, you know, the, the sickest people into an environment where there are compromised people. And in the middle, there has to be a divide. And that divide is the chemistry in which they use to ensure safety, not only of the patient safety, but also the employees as well. So yeah, no, it was, it's, um, it's, it's challenging. Hospital acquired infections are, uh, especially now, because up to about eight years ago, if you were become infected in a hospital, they used to just turn around and really really, um, you know, the insurance company would pay for the, for the, for that infected patient. So, but now the world health organization, who really said, you know what, we're going to stop that because now the onus is on the facility because, Hey, why are we paying if they're infected in you? Just to kind of give you an example of one, the, the cost associated with an infection, if you're infected in the hospital 
in a rural, in a rural, you know, in a, in a county hospital in a rural area, you know, one 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 infection could equate to about thirty thousand dollars, thirty to thirty-five thousand dollars. So the financial implications of becoming infected in that. So that's why these healthcare facilities, NYU, a lot of these big-time healthcare facilities, everything is now forward. They're they, they're trying to prevent, um, really put really prevent this. And that was that's the precipice of the study. How could we stop the bleeding? How could we increase patient safety? And how do we keep our employees safe? So that was the reason why the study was, was started about 16 months ago. You know, I like one of the things, and there's probably several things that you probably heard, folks, that, that Brian just said, but I key on certain things, and that was keep the technician that was doing the job safe. I mean, that is so much of the time something that people don't think about. Yeah, yeah, it's, 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 it's amazing. Our, um, the EBS techs um, that we work with uh, all over the world, really, um, have such an important job. So, you know, the nursing, obviously, to be able to administer what's needed, but in order to pr really keep people safe and, and, and you know, keeping those doctors and nurses and, and, and the patients safe too, um, EBS crew, EBS technician has a very, very mission critical job in doing his work on day to day. So it's very, he's the, he's, and we, we can't share this enough with them. Um, you know, all, all the all the folks that we work with on the EBS side of the coin of how important their job is in, in keeping people safe. They they had to um, be a little standoffish about having somebody watching all the time, always in there doing surveys and stuff. I mean, I worked with a lot of EVS people all around the country, yeah. and I know how yeah. you know, they're, they're not too excited about that kind of, Brian. Right, Dave, and that's exactly it. So people, change in general, scare the wits out of people. And I get it. Um, you know, uh, yeah, change is tough. But, you know, once we really, and we have a wonderful clinical team, you know, not only just we, are, you know, it's a true partnership. So we got our clinical team involved. Um, the gal in my territory, uh, Nicole Slasic, really does a really fantastic job with explaining to them, if you just throw it at someone, they're going to reject it. But if you, if they really understand the chemistry, how simple it is and how safe it is and the ability to protect them, they fall in love with it. So it breaks down that, I hate to say the buyer seller animosity, <laughs> but it, it really, if they're educated, if the EBS techs are educated on what they're doing and how much safer it is, you know, it's non-carcinogenic, you know, it's not cancer causing. If they understand that the change, they'll accept the change with a lot easier. And we do a great well, yeah, but, job for our education program to ensure that. And, and you're right about that because so much of the time they're hit with these chemicals uh, in different chemistry that while it may look good and kill all this stuff, it's like, yeah, and it's killing me too. Right. Yeah. No, that's it. And that's, you know, we, we've see, we see that all over the country. Um, it's, it's, yeah, there, a lot of people now, you know, we, uh, we hear sustainability is a big buzz buzzword, but, right. um, you know, as it relates to, you know, and, but now these people, these, these, the technicians, they're, they're being more educated on safety and their own safety and patient safety, you know, so we do a big part, our, our, our education component of our pure excellence program really. So it's not only are we training, you know, we don't want the EBS tech to speak clinically about our chemistry, but we want them to be able to communicate effectively to the to the patients because they're the ones on they're the ones in the rooms every day with these folks. So we educate them. Oh, yeah. We, yeah. So it's it's, it's yeah, a, I, it, and that's what it is, Dave. I'm sorry to interrupt you, but 
that's what we one thing that we we are good at aside from our efficacy you know being unchallenged is we really wanted to find a difference from not from from what we do compared to other folks so and we we identified that our, our senior thought leaders um Mr. Richard Prince, who you were fortunate enough to meet, great fellow, yes. smart, high-level guy, our CEO, Steve Wilson, or even our founder, RJ Valentine, they really kind of stepped back and took a, took a snapshot of the industry and trying to identify deficiency of what others are doing. And that's why we came up with such a robust program. And the results have just been amazing. Paired with our efficacy, it's lights out, truly. Well, and I think that's what we do here at the Academy. We always are talking about the practices that we use. And, and you know, one of the things that I always teach uh, is that this is a process. It's not cleaning. It's not disinfecting. It's a process. That process requires a technician that is knowledgeable. And that's I think it. that's what you're talking to. Absolutely. Yeah, no, we, we try to, like I said, we... A big portion of what we do is education. You know, the chemistry. You know, we, we could, we could, I could tell you, we have the one of the first companies in the world with a biofilm kill claim, which is great. But our education component paired with that stuff is 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 second to none. I, I get constantly. It's so funny. I get asked. We do trade shows. I was just over overseas in Amsterdam. We did um, a, a huge trade show there, and people come up to me the same thing, Dave. They say, you know, how does this little boutique firm in Braintree, Massachusetts? How does their client roster read who, you know, the who's who, you know, but it's just by that. So it's identifying what other firms aren't doing and doing that stuff well, because we know our chemistry is unmatched and that's proven by the NYU study. Well, speaking of chemistry in the, in the, in the study, one of the things I noticed is said sporicidal disinfectant. So talk to the audience about, um, you know, somebody reading that may not even really, and I'm sure this will probably the education, there's differences. Yeah, so our sporicidal is, uh, that's uh, we utilize, uh, we have two products um, with the same base chemistry, Pure One and Pure Tab. Pure, both the same chemistry. The difference between the Pure Tab and the Pure One product is the Pure One, it has a surfactant in it, so it's a soap. There's a soap mixed in. So not only are you clean, but you're being proactive and disinfecting. And Dave, our chemistry, we're lucky enough to have a pH of between six to seven and a half, which is the same pH as our skin. So you're gonna get, it, it could be used on many, many different surfaces and have unbelievable results. The sporicidal, you get you get those claims with C. diff, C. oris, and like I said, the biofilm kill claim, which we're very, very proud. Also- Okay, all just, right, I, I, I gotta stop you there. You're back to giving out acronyms again. Okay. People are not going to know what this means. So wait a minute. Hold it, folks. I got to go back on this. <laughs> I get excited. I told you I'm a talker, Dave. Yeah, that, that's okay. And that's what's great. But, but you know, the thing here is, is you got several things going on here. One of them is, is I always teach in classes. The thing that you have to know is that your blood that runs through your veins is 7.365. That's the pH of your blood. Why yeah. do you want to put your body and expose it to anything higher than that. I mean, why are we putting our bodies in exposure to, to 12 pH disinfectants? Thank you. But, <laughs> gee, I, I, Brian I, didn't I, have I, anything to say to that. Just, okay. No, I, I, I look, I, I, I tell this story, I, I tell this story daily. And so not only, but again, also like, you know, the high pH on, on uh, uh, you know, because it, it becomes corrosive. Um, 
that 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 neutral pH that we have, you know, non-caustic, non-corrosive, really really helps, and that's why we have the ability to uh, to use it on many many different surfaces. Okay, now you also made you also talked about C diff. Explain. So C diff is a bacteria. It's a hospital acquired infection. Um, it's a it's it's a very very um, it spreads very 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 quick. Um, right. C diff, the hospital acquired infection, the bacteria. It spreads very, very quick. Also, there's a pretty substantial mortality rate associated with it. So very rare. Now, now folks, I got to tell you, Brian's being very polite in what he's saying. So I'm going to jump in and say what Brian's not. Folks, Clostridium difficile, which is C. diff, is when you lose control of your bowels. And we mean total and complete control. So if you think that you've had to clean up something, I will tell you, if you've never cleaned up anything uh, you just don't want to clean them up after a c diff accident yeah that's yeah you you put it you put it nicely yeah it's it's <laughs> it's very very dangerous it's very transmissible and like i said not just one person on the unit will get it uh, multiple cases so it's very important to identify it one and isolate um and then clean using a sporicidal pure one yeah it's very it's very, very prolific dangerous. yeah and and oh yeah uh, one in eleven. Here, here's a here's an amazing fact, and uh, unfortunately, we see it. We see it, and um, and uh, one in one one in eleven people over the age of sixty five that that get it um, pass away from it. So it's very very dangerous. And if you do have it, if you have C diff, you're diagnosed. You beat it. the The probability of you getting it again within six weeks, if hospitalized, is 80%. So it's if it doesn't get you the first time, that's why a perfect, a, a, an optimal cleaning plan and disinfecting strategy and program is mission critical. So that's just, that's, that's C. diff. On now, the and, and, and the reason that we're talking this way, Brian, is because it, that process of doing both steps, and then we'll follow with another one a little bit later here as we talk, but... This is not the spray and pray. This is this is not something that you can do this. Now, folks, you got to understand, as Brian's saying, C. diff is not something you typically would have had at home. You catch that at the hospital. Uh, I know a lady that went in for an eye infection and they had to do surgery and caught C. diff and, you know, four months later died. Yeah. Yeah. Un unfortunately, we see it way too often. And, you know, there is there's a lot of and. Yeah, I mean, it's uh, we we see, and it usually goes home. Yeah, yeah, oh yeah, and that's what I'm saying. The 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 infection rate, you know, how quick it transfers for, and how transmissible it is is just it's really really scary. Um, you know, okay, that's you all another one there. You, what was the other one? Cioris. Okay. Now Cioris is very is, is different in that it's a fungus, but the difference with Cioris is it's multi drug resistant. There you go. So there are very, very few chemistries on the market that have a CRS kill claim. Pure One has a CRS kill claim. Okay, so let's re let's review, folks, a little bit. We're talking uh, the right pH. Right. We're talking it can now combat two of the different, very prolific, very viral uh, mortality rates are high with both of these. Awfully high. They, they, now, uh, now, now, currently, I don't remember on CRS. Uh, can you re get, re get that? I can't remember on that one. 
I'm sorry. Can 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 you can if you're if, you know if you're diagnosed and you get over it, does it come back like C diff? It it it, it does not. But the thing, I did the not thing think is, so. Yeah. The the thing is with 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 the the mortality rate associated with CR is 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 much higher. Unfortunately, it's one in four, and again, it's so transmissible. But the what's interesting about both of these pathogens, one one being a bacteria, one fungus. Right is you know the CRS is multi-drug resistant. We know it's 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 a lot harder to kill than C diff, so you have to make sure your a disinfectant that you're utilizing has the CRS claim. But what's really interesting about the both of these pathogens is that they can live in biofilm. Oh, now you're now now we're talking. Yeah, you know, hey, I gotta tell you, my 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 professor down in Australia would just love to hear you talking about biofilms. Every yeah. time I get Professor Whiteley on here, I guarantee you. <laughs> He goes into biofilms and it's like, you know what? I feel like I'm not doing anything. Right. Well, here's the thing. So those two dangerous pathogens that, that both pure one will kill lie a lot. 65% of the, 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 the um, hospital acquired infections live in what they call biofilm. And what biofilm is, not to get too clinical, it's a bunch of pathogens that form a protective coating over them that is also multi-drug resistant. Just to kind of give you an example, Two doses of bleach at 10,000 parts per million, two doses will not, doesn't have the ability to kill biofilm. What biofilm um, is very, very hard to kill. And what we are the first chemistry in the world, Pure One is, with a biofilm kill claim. So it was very, very exciting for us that not only we can, you know, identify it, but kill it as well. So... That eliminate a good chance. And it was just said at conference, if your current disinfectant program doesn't kill biofilm, you're not disinfecting. And it's the truth. But we're and we do a lot of work too with our professional sports leagues, professional sports teams. We're seeing biofilm, we're finding biofilm there in our higher education program. So these, although you know they're hospital-acquired infections, the you know, CRS unlikely, but other pathogens, COVID or you know, in for any norovirus can live in, in biofilm. So that's why it's very mission critical to have a disinfectant program that can eliminate biofilm as well. Well, pretty much any virus can live in a biofilm. And I won't tell you that bacteria doesn't because it does too. It's just not as prevalent because biofilm is going to be more surface. Uh, viruses go deeper. And it's simply because of the size of the, of the microbe. That's right. That's exactly correct. Yeah. And they're both, look, those are the most common, but, uh, you know, luckily, and the reason why we've gained success and, and, you know, we've been standardized throughout uh, many, many hospital, um, hospital partners uh, through all out the world is because of our claims. Um, like I said, CRS, C. diff and our biofilm claim um, was, been, been such a huge, 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 huge advantage for us. Now, now you you actually when you were in a hospital and you're talking this level of uh, efficacy, you had to get into log reductions, uh, which most people out here in the public that are listening to the podcast today probably aren't concerned about log reductions like you would have been there during the study. Yeah, yeah, it's it's very look our you know our log reduction that we. Once you once for our, we, we train a lot of our claims are less than four minutes, but because we're in the healthcare, you know, we train we train to the Joint Commission standards. 
So we, you know, we're, we're joint commissions compliant as it relates to dwell times. So a lot of times our claims are, are a lot quicker than the four minutes, but we, in order just to maintain, maintain compliant with joint commissions, we treat that to a four minute dwell time. 99.9% .9 of the pathogens on a surface will die after use utilizing Pure One at a four minute claim. So it, it's pretty substantial, about five to, five to one. So it's great. So folks, I, um, the reason that we're talking this way is because, you know, there's different places that people in our environment, I was just talking with uh, some people on previous ca uh, cast here, you know, in a school, and that's not going to be at the same level that you're talking about here, Brian, but there's different log reductions. So what, what, you know, I know what I would say, correct me if I'm wrong, Brian, but a five log reduction would be 99.999%. It's how many nines are there. Right. Correct? That's correct. Yeah. Yeah. So you might have a disinfectant that was a four log, five log or six log, but it has to at least be a four log to be qualified as a disinfectant. Is that correct? That's absolutely correct. Yes, sir. Okay. Yep. So you were probably going over into the six log, I would imagine. Yeah. Yeah. Without a doubt. Yeah. So the, 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 all the, the PCR testing and, and, you know, the, everything that's been done, the uh, the swabs and everything, that's all in, in included on the study. Um, and I think you have a link for that, that the uh, that your uh, end users or your listeners can can log on to to see um, definitive uh, definitive results. But yeah, the 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 you know the the how our chemistry can performed compared to anything else. Um, um, you know, with the other chemically, the other chemistries listed in in the study there um, have been nothing short of just unbelievable. Truly, um, with regards to reduction, um, you know, we have case studies that uh, we have facilities that have been on uh, in process with us um, that haven't had a had a haven't had a a C diff um, uh, case associated with EBS in over a year. So it's pretty substantial as as it recourse to you know the five log six log the reduction of the pathogens that are that are that are dangerous have been you know they are just unbelievable utilizing a pure one. Well, you know, I talk about all the time that there are levels of what what I would call uses of a facility. You know, not you're not going to clean the lobby of uh, of you know the the admin uh, the admissions room at our school at the same level you're going to clean an OR room, right? Uh, simply because of protocols and requirements and all of that kind of thing. So. You know, I think this warrants the conversation that we're having here. Thank you, Brian, because people need to understand that this test was not done under just everyday circumstances in the everyday world. Now, everyday is for NYU, maybe. Right. <laughs> but not for us out here in the general public. Uh, so why are we talking about this outside of hospitals? Yeah, that's a great question. You know, just to kind of show you, so what NAD, so what our chemistry is, and uh, great segue, what, what, what our chemistry is, NADCC, once diluted with water, um, creates HOCl, Dave. And uh, as we know, uh, if, if your listeners don't know, uh, I know because I'm in healthcare, you know because you're, you're, you, you have Dave. Um, but what HOCl is, is when we're feeling sick, when we're run down, our, if, our, if a, a flu of influenza pathogen in our body, we feel a cold, what our own immune system, our white blood cells create HOCl to attack the pathogens in our body. Correct. So our chemists came up with a way, you know, years and years ago to replicate that. Right. You know, although, so um, as far as being safe, uh, you know, it's it's arguably the most safest out there. 
Um, but the reason why it's so, we have the ability outside the healthcare is it's so diverse. Um, we actually sent 3 million tablets over to the Ukraine to make non-potable water drinkable. So you can treat river water with it to make it drinkable, just to kind of show you how diverse. A lot of our, we are currently responsible for 88,000 classrooms for the New York City Department of Education. They're utilizing our stuff. So it's safe in kids areas. Um, something that we're real fans about, and we're really, really proud uh, of our chemistry, our pure tab chemistry, is we utilize it through electrostatic sprayer. We, there are about 11 chemistries in the country that have the, uh, have the EPA registration to be utilized through, an e through electrostatic sprayer. Our chemistry is the only chemistry with a zero reentry. Most other chemistry has got to wait 15, half hour, 40 minutes once sprayed to go in. So that just kind of shows you. Um, so not only, and getting back to your initial question, not only can it be in, outside of a healthcare department or a healthcare um, environment, um, it could be used to clean terminal rooms. It could be used to treat drink, drinking water. A lot of our professional sports teams that we work with utilize our Pure One in their wash. They wash their uniforms with it because they're surfactant. So it has, it's so diverse. Um, we can eat, we even, we even have the ability to use it as a non-rinse in, in a food at a lower PPM, of course, but a non-rinse for, uh, for, uh, on a food prep area. And okay, having, so there's, so there's another acronym PPM. Come on. Parts per million. Yeah. Parts per million. So, yeah. Folks, yeah, I'm so sorry. We, yeah. It's a podcast. I just got to make sure that you understand all these acronyms because <laughs> you know what, and this is what's interesting, Brian, is people think that we're talking cleaning and we just don't know, but you hear this discussion that we're having here. This is high level stuff. If you don't know these acronyms and you don't, you don't have the knowledge to go with this, you're just going to treat this like something you bought off the shelf at Walmart. Yeah. Yeah. It's very, it's very, it's very important. Um, and you know, because we're tablet form, the, the, the East, you make a dilution. We have user usage guides, but yeah, our ability, it's so diverse, you know, treat drinking water, terminally clean, um, we use it to clean glass mirrors. It, it can be used, um, like I said, you know, we're, we're vertical agnostic, Dave, which is really exciting. So it's not just pigeonholed into the healthcare. We do a lot with higher education. We do a lot with professional sports teams, um, with their medical staff, um, as well as their training rooms. So, yeah, it's, it's such a diverse product. Okay. So you mentioned something about electrostatic sprayers. I yes, want to I, I talk about... Uh, getting back to our technicians, because that's where my heart is. I'm sorry. That's where my heart is. I'm, yeah. I'm with those, those frontline people. I mean, application technologies have changed. And folks, I got to tell you, I was we were talking indoor air quality on another podcast before I got on with you, Brian, and it still it rings true. Why are we taking a trigger sprayer, putting chemistry in it, and spraying it in the air where the, the technician breathes it? Uh, and And they were asking me, well, what's the right application method? So I guess I'm going to go to you. You were involved in the 16-month study. Yeah. What, what kind of application did you guys do that's so unique that the whole world doesn't know about? Yeah. So we, we utilized um, our dry wipe program for the uh, step one, which was the high-touch areas. And then what we did in the pandemic, we introduced the electrostatic technology. So that's touchless disinfectant. And if you're not familiar with what electrostatic technology is, it's a spray gun um, that's loaded with our chemistry. Yeah, you'll see it here on the screen. Thanks, Dave. Um, and what it does, it positively uh, positively omits 
um, 60 microns of fluid to get that 360 degree wrap. That's it in that, 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 that sprayer there on the left. What's the difference between that and the trigger sprayer is it, once the spray comes out of the electrostatic, it's positively charged. So anything with a negative or neutral attract, any hard surface with a negative or neutral attractant, it's going to get that complete 360 degree wrap on it. So it's very, very easy to use. And like I said, if you're utilizing our pure tab product, which is not the surfactant in it, using it in a trigger bottle, there's zero reentry. It wouldn't be harmful. But with the electrostatic sprayer, you get that complete 360 wrap and it falls 70 times faster than gravity. So it's going to get to where it's got to go real quick. So and, the, and, and, and that's what I tell people all the time. They say it's a sprayer. I said, yes, but you don't understand. It's a, a it's you know, usually our surfaces that we're working on are negatively charged. The product comes out, whatever chemistry comes out through that sprayer is negatively or positively charged. So it makes the two attract instead of that atomized that just goes all over and floats everywhere yeah. uncontrollably. So this is this is a more direct uh, application. Yes. Now, my question to you, and, and and this is something I teach here. I don't know what you did. I didn't read everything in the study. I haven't looked at all the details. But why, you know, I can't understand why if this is good for disinfectant, why people aren't using this with the cleaner that is part of the whole process. Why not apply the cleaner through this same apparatus uh, and, and then do the wiping and then apply the... Is this... No, that, that's a great question. We we have we have some we have some folks that utilize our Pure One, the cleaner. That's you know so the the difference between the Pure One, Pure Tab. Pure One has a surfactant, so it's a cleaning agent as well as a disinfectant. But if you put that through an electrostatic sprayer, um, because it has that surfactant and soap, it could foam up and become a little bit of a science project. But it's the same base chemistry. So yeah, what what mostly people do with the high touch Pure One is they'll go around with the with the microfiber or one of our wipes. And then they'll follow it up with the step two disinfectant utilizing the electrostatic technology. But Dave, another point I want to make to your listeners too um, is the difference, because I get it a lot. They said, oh, that's a fogger. I'm like, it's not a fogger. It's an electrostatic sprayer. The difference between the two, the electrostatic sprayer, like I said, positively charged 70 times faster than gravity. It's going to get to where it's got to go. We do not rely on the atmosphere or the environment to get our product to where we need to go. We're a fogger. You go, you set it off in the room, it relies on air current, relies on whatever it is in the room to get it to that surface. So it's a lot more calculated, and uh, so the, the two can't be, they're, they're so different. Everybody confuses that. I just wanted to be clear with that. Well, and, and I appreciate that too, Brian, because I was on with another gentleman, and we were talking about mold. This is his, his business, is mold remediation. Yeah. And he was talking about electrostatic spring that they come back, and he showed me something I hadn't wasn't aware of, and it is a fogger that has now been retrofitted with electrostatic spraying. And I was unaware that they actually brought the two together uh, in this unit. So I'm like, yeah. okay, uh, hey, once I'll learn something the, every day. Right. Once that fogger has the electrostatic, we've seen a node because uh, people know, um, and before the, the 11 chemistries that were chosen that were given the authorization to be utilized through a sprayer, electrostatic sprayer, um, people were relying on foggers. But once that transition occurred, um, they're only to be able to use between because it gets to where it's got to go. So they buy an attachment for their fogger. But once that fogger has an attachment on it, it's an electrostatic sprayer. 
Right. And, and so, folks, I think what you're learning here in our discussion this afternoon is that it's not just one thing. I think that's the beauty of what I saw in this uh, study, uh, Brian, is yeah. it isn't just one thing. It wasn't just a chemistry. It was the application. It was the technician. It was the the education at Winlaw. It's a package because this is a process for that EVS technician to be involved in. Yeah, that's a great point. Yeah, no, it is. That, and that's why, like I said, we, with the training, you know, the the use of uh, the electrostatic technology and our healthcare partners really was a really, really good thing for for during the pandemic because, you know, every EVS card had an electrostatic sprayer. And if they were going into a COVID room, you know, patient, um, you know, recovered and left and they needed to do a terminal clean, in order for them to feel safe, they would, you know, obviously wear the N95 full with cartridges, everything, and go in and utilize the sprayer and let it sit for three minutes. And they would have much, they'd be much more comfortable with then going into it to start the terminal clean. So we we called it spray spray yourself in, terminal clean and then spray yourself out. So it was uh yeah, the use of uh, the use of um although a two-step product uh two-step it was it was really and not only did it increase efficacy, but also staffing was a challenge during the pandemic and still remains. <laughs> the introduction of the introduction of electrostatic sprayers because you could do much more with a lot less. So it's just a one-second flyover of whatever surface it is. It's going to find it there, get the four-minute claim, and that's disinfected. So, and, yeah. And, the, and I the think the thing is that people need to understand too, Brian, is, is that just using the electrostatic spray by itself is not the whole thing. It is cleaning and removing uh, as much of the bacterial – well, you know, and, and I'm a big proponent of using very aggressive, high-quality microfiber – in that cleaning process to abrade the biofilm so that the chemistry can break in. Because what I've learned is no matter what the chemistry is, unless there is some kind of an agitation, unless there is some kind of a removal, that chemistry cannot break through all of that biofilm. And in some cases, never at all. Dave, I want to take you on the road with me for my in-services. <laughs> you are exactly right. I can't tell you how many times you know, how many times we go, uh, uh, how many facilities we go into and, you know, they're just disinfecting. Um, mission critical to clean first. In fact, you know, the guidelines to, to remain compliant with the with the guidelines, you know, the, you must clean before you disinfect. But uh, not always the case, but absolutely 100% truth what you just said. Okay, so then I'm going to hit you with my last one that I get into discussions and debates with. And I, I didn't tell you about this one before we got on the air here, Brian. So you, you're, you're probably scratching your head going, oh, man, am I ready for this? What I, and I talk about this on my IAQ uh, podcast earlier this morning, Brian, is that no matter what the chemistry is, why is it that we can't get it through our head that we need to rinse surfaces? You know, I, t I say all the time. You wouldn't go through the car wash and leave your car with soap on it. You wouldn't put your clothes on if they didn't go through the rinse cycle. You wouldn't eat your dishes if you didn't rinse them. Why is it that no matter what the chemistry is, we think we can leave it on a surface for people to touch? You know what? It's the, uh, in, in healthcare, it's that, 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 you know, it's, it's an added step. Um, because, you know, you got to get, once you apply, you can't rinse or wipe off, obviously, to the four minute, to achieve the four minute dwell time. 
you know, that, that the joint commission set a standard um, that we comply to. Um, but yeah, I mean, there is, once that 12 times achieved, um, you know, I, I could see our chemistry, you don't, I could see other chemistries because there's a residual left behind that it's needed to rinse to, in order to make it appeasable. But because, you know, because of our, uh, our, our neutral pH and, and everything, um, not the case, but yeah, no, I mean, I couldn't agree with you more. You know, I, I, I think this is the thing. And, and, you know, if you've listened to my other podcast folks, uh, you've heard me talk about my experience two years ago, but one of the things I did, Brian, as I said, housekeeping was not allowed in my room. Yeah. I was there for 10 days and I said, and they, they looked at me and go, Hey folks, I, I don't need everything that's outside of this room. I don't catch yeah. an infection from my own self. Yeah. As long as I could tell that the doctors and the nurses, the guy with the, the food tray, uh, you know, everybody, I mean, they, they come to realize that I wasn't going to be quite such an easy pa patient when it came to, to the, because of the thing you started the podcast with this afternoon, HAIs. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's a big, it's a big look, you know, everybody, we're, we're in this pandemic state now, obviously with, uh, with COVID and, and, uh, and everything, but, um, you know, this is, we've been talking, you know, you, you know, you've been in the business. I've been in infection prevention, um, pretty much my whole career. I had a brief stint in neuro, uh, for a minute. And, um, but you know, what I've seen in infection prevention, you know, it's just, you know, the, 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 the real, the, you know, the Cioris, all that stuff is, is just rampant. And, you know, the, it's, 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 it's challenging. It's challenging. And, and we get that a lot, a lot of patients, you know, a lot of industry people like you and I, if we go in, we're super cognizant of it. It's just, I feel bad for the folks that uh, go into these facilities that, uh, you know, don't, aren't standardized and don't have a good plan in place. Um, you know, it, it, it's scary. And I, I, I totally, I, I, you know, you, you said it and I pre I appreciate your, 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 but, um, you, unfortunately that's what we see. People are aware and they're very afraid. Um, but you know, that's what, you no know, having a good chemistry plan these, you know, a lot of hospitals are, are forward thinking NYU. I can't say enough. I mean, aside from being world renowned, um, their director of VVS, uh, director of building services, um, Dale Arnold. I mean, you can't get, you cannot get more forward thinking. And, uh, you know, on the university hospitals, they're just, they're just fantastic institutions that have a great program in place. And uh, for all your listeners, obviously, if you get sick, you know, just ask questions. You want to know what's going on, what are they doing? Um, you know, all, the, all these rates that we're, we're speaking about, you heard me mention C. diff, C. Oris, infection rates. It's all, if you're really that concerned, I would log on. You can go on to the CDC. All this is public information. So if you want to choose your facility, a lot of these healthcare and you, a lot of these healthcare partners we work are cognizant of that. So they're concerned, really big concern with their infection rate. So if you come ill and you really, if you're if you're that concerned, and I would be, I would obviously log on and check out what their infection rates are and ask questions what they're using to help keep you safe once you're in there. Like I said earlier, you're bringing the most uh, most infectious to uh, into a, an area where there's a lot of compromised people. And uh, that's where bad things happen. But a good program like NYU, um, MD Anderson, a lot of our partners, um, Wakefield up in, up in Massachusetts, a lot of them have a, such a great program. You should absolutely, you know, feel safe. But do your due diligence before you go. You know, it sounds like we need to get some other people on podcast with us, Brian. Yeah, I hear you. I, I mean, I'd like to talk to some of those people that were in the trenches along. Well, I mean, not only with you, but I mean, continue to do that. Speaking of such, folks, if you're watching, 
uh, the video cast right now. You can see the link uh, that we have up here. If you're listening to the podcast, we're going to actually have the link in the podcast show notes, no matter what, uh, so that you can go in and read the whole um, um, study and the results. Um, you know, the thing that I think about is where do we go from here? You know, there, there, yeah. how many hospitals were involved and how quick is it going to be? And, you know, that, that's where I'm always, I've seen these studies before and they, they're, they're good and they have a good and then they die. Yeah. Yeah. We, well, you know what, the good thing is now with people being aware and like I said, that, that the switch from being, you know, once you get, cause I, I mean, I don't know if there were, ha when hospitals, if you get sick in their hospital, they used to, you know, bang you and bang the insurance company for a, for a fortune. Now the onus is on them. So they're really cognizant of patient safety and, and really, really, you know, so getting these kind getting to these conversation, having this conversation with decision makers within, within healthcare has been really, really simple. And once they, and, and once they understand, and once they see the ease of, you know, how easy it is and, 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 you know, to, to be able to utilize what we do and how we, our chemistry and how we train, you know, we, we, how we take through our education, we take the onus uh, off of them on education. We have skin in the game. Uh, the, you know, there's a lot of, uh, I, I've seen, you know, I've been in, like I said, I've been in infection prevention. You know, when I first started, it was the wild west. Nobody really cared, but I think people are starting to get really dialed in now. And you know, really worried about not only their own health but also their patient safety scores. I think I think we're trending in the right direction. You know, um, I really do. Um, so I'm, you know, we're ha we're happy to uh, to continue to to do what we do. Um, you know, and helping helping as many people as we possibly can. So yeah, I think I think like I said, you know, you get in these organizations and these big you know national chains that are these healthcare chains, senior living. Um, you know, acute care, uh, post-acute, all, the, all these facilities, they're really starting to understand what it is and trying to find a better one, you know, and getting away from that quaternary ammonium, the, you know, the class one carcinogenics and just putting them in an environment, not only the patient safety, but their own employees can, can strive in and have good pride and understanding and, and really save a lot of lives because that's what it's all about. Uh, yeah. Hey, I don't know if you know about it, but I, ha I have a trademark phrase and you just have, happen to use some of it. What's that? I am a janitor and I save lives. Yeah. Let me tell you, I mean, Dave, I, you, so you, you know, and uh, I hope, <clears throat> I don't know your listeners, you know, the, that some probably have, because uh, everybody knows a nurse, um, frontline workers, but, you know, someone, the, the, the technicians that we work with, you know, on the EBS side, not on the clinical side, our nurses, they're, they're special people, but these EBS techs, you know, that are, even the transport techs, you know, just un forgotten forgotten folks that have that play such probably one of the most critical roles in, in 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 these institutions and you know they deserve all the praise in the world and and you know god bless their resolve for what these folks see we've been through it um you know hopefully it's in the rearview mirror now but uh until the next something come out we're, we're currently uh, we're currently working with uh we're currently dealing with a polio outbreak at a facility and this monkeypox is new you know, thankfully we have claims for both. So we've been, we're busy as beavers up here in the Northeast. Yeah. Well, you know, you, you mentioned that, you know, you've got, you've got that, you know, Hey, I got to tell you, Ebola hasn't left the face of the earth. No uh, COVID's not going to, 
Uh, we've got Marburg as well, you know, yeah. which, you know, we've got monkeypox and you, like you said, we've got all these, the, these bacterial infections and viruses and fungi are not going to go away. They are no. going to be here long after you and I are leaving this planet. Oh yeah. 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 And it's, 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 it's incredible. It's incredible. Um, you know, the, we do the, our best. Yeah. Yeah. And look, that's all we can do. But, and, and, you know, we try to make it safer and we try to save lives through education. You know, our efficacy, you know, your, your, your listeners will see in the study, um, comparatively speaking to other chemistries that were tested with. I mean, the results are astounding. Um, but now it's just that education component and that's where we're going to really save the lives. The, effort, the, the chemistry will work itself, but the, the education component, telling people why and where and, and understand that's what, that's when we can save, you know, so they're, they're, they're not cross contaminating things through our education. So it's yeah, a very yeah, big yeah. And, and one of those key words is why they have to understand why that's my biggest yeah. word that I talk about all the time. Uh, you know, if we don't understand why this is folks, why I went into asking Brian uh, uh, and, 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 you know, to, to explain all of these acronyms so that you understand that this isn't just uh, words that we use to make us sound good. This is real life and death yeah. situations that we're talking about. You know, I always say that the, the EVS people in a hospital is one, but outside of that hospital, folks, if you're listening, you're just as important because you're the one doing the job, keeping the people from going to the hospital if you do your job right. So when you hear all this information, please, folks, uh, if you're not involved directly, get somebody that is directly involved in, in touch with this podcast so that they can learn something about it. Yeah. Uh, we've, we've shown you the website. We've shown you the study. Brian, is there any last things that you want to do before I close our session out for the afternoon? Dave, I appreciate the time this afternoon so much. Um, no, just I just, yeah, I mean, use me as a resource. You have my contact information. If anybody needs anything or has any question, um, my, uh, my email's up there. Scribe me an email. I'll no doubt get back to you. Um, I was just down. Uh, I just was answering questions prior to getting on. I just had the opportunity to spoke down, and I was in Florida, Dave. I was at the uh, Broward County Health Coalition. Um, they invited me down, so I spoke down there. Um, you know, we have some great resources internally as it relates to clinical specialists. Um, like I said, Nicole Slasic's unbelievable. She's available. If anybody has any questions, concerns, anything, um, let me know. I'll reach out or I'll, I'll get back to you and uh, we'll see what we can do. But yeah, like you, Dave, you said, you couldn't send it better. You know, we, we spoke a lot about healthcare, but also, you know, we do a lot of business with Delta Airlines and Marriott, you know, um, and all those techs and, and EVS crews are carry the same, they're, they're, they're keeping everybody safe. So, um, you know, the takeaway today is, you know, obviously our NYU study, um, but uh, just, just trying to make everybody aware for a safer tomorrow. Folks, we very much appreciate our sponsor, Jim Supply. You can find them at jimsupply.net. They've been providing cleaning supplies that help save lives since 1930, family run operation here in Florida. So happy to be a part of that organization. Um, there's two questions that I have before I close out here uh, on this uh, with you, Brian. Yes, sir. Where were you born? I was born in a very, very small town just north of uh, where I'm at today called Brooklyn, New York. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I left and the, what I, is I, on I, your... I, 
Go ahead. I'm go ahead. Son, no, I'm the son of uh, I'm the son of uh, my 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 father. Uh, my father served the city of New York for uh, for for many many years, um, rather than a borough commander. Um, we lived. We grew up in Brooklyn. Um, I'm educated. I went to uh, finished at St. Peter's University, then continued on coursework at Harvard University, Harvard Business School. So, I'm a Northeast guy through and through. Aha! Uh -huh. So when you get down to Florida, that's kind of unusual. Yeah. Well, actually, I'm. Mean, uh, you know what? Uh, full disclosure: I spend. I spend uh, any chance I can. I spend it on the on the West Coast of Naples. We have a house in Naples, Florida. Oh, now see, now, now, now this gets to the second question I have for you. Yes, sir. What is on your personal bucket list for this year yet? My personal bucket list. Great question. Um, yeah, I mean, uh, personal, professionally or? No, no, no. Personal, not professionally. Something for you, to... Brian, yourself. Something that you want to get done before the end of the year. Before the end of the year? I'm going to get my personal best bluefin tuna. How's that? Aha. Uh -huh. so I bet you that house in Naples has got a boat close to it. It does, but you know what? In the Gulf of Mexico, we only grouper fish. But out here where I am in New Jersey, we catch some big tuna, and I'm looking for a per – I want to get a uh, – I'm yet to get a six-digit bluefin tuna. I've been trying for many years, but I'm confident this fall I'll get one. Now that I just said it in front of all these folks, they <laughs> – I, I, you know what? I was just watching a deal on on uh, the the tuna people. You know, I think it was on uh, what Discovery. Discovery, yeah, wicked tuna. Uh, and and four hundred and forty eight pound tuna. Yeah. Holy mama. Yeah, that's a big tuna, and that's so. You know, with all the stresses and what we see on a day to day, um, I'm very thankful. My brother Christian, you know, um, we have a boat that we could actually get out to the uh, tuna grounds and fish. Uh, so we have a blast doing it, but. Uh, you know, I'm looking for that personal best this year. So, so what? What? So, what is the personal best so far? Uh, the biggest tuna, biggest bluefin, uh, biggest yellowfin I've had to date is 78 pounds. Um, the biggest tuna, biggest bluefin tuna I've ever caught was 91. The biggest fish I ever caught though was a uh, 765 pound swordfish off Isla Morada. Seven. That had to be hours of stress. Four and a half hours to get him to the boat. Holy. That's Four and a half hours and a six pack of, of, uh, of root beer. Uh, yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah, okay. Yeah, okay. Uh, you know, folks, this is the reason why we ask these questions. I love to find out things because, you know, if you don't ask questions, you don't know. Yeah. One of the things that we talked about during this podcast today is you have to know what you're doing. The why's behind. So why did I ask these two questions? For a very simple reason. I know now where Brian started life. I do not know where that life has ended because it hasn't. We know what he wants to get done this year, and that has to do with a big tuna. But whatever you do, folks, whatever journey that you're on, make sure that it is healthy, positive, and proactive. We'd like Amen. for you to share all of our podcasts uh, that we have. We're in our sixth season. I think we're on episode like 50-something for this year. We don't talk about just cleaning. We talk about all kinds of things. Please like us and share. We're on Podbean. You'll find us at Beyond Clean with Ace. Um, you'll also want to go to our YouTube channel. Hundreds of videos there. Find us on YouTube at hashtag... Academy of Clean, and yes, 
We're on Instagram. We're on Twitter. We're on TikTok. We're on Facebook. Go to our website, academyofcleaning.com, where you can find anything and everything that has to do about, well, what we do, why we do it, and please share it. Get the full experience with us. We do more than just talk on the podcast. We have all kinds of classes, as you heard us talk. Brian, I thank you for the information today. Welcome to come back. And hey, bring bring some of those other folks with you next time. Promise, Mr. Thompson. Thank you so much for your opportunity. And uh, if there's anything I could do for any of your listeners, my emails are there. Just reach out to me. Thank you, folks. Till next time, we'll see you on the airwaves. God bless.